Are you going to be on your phone, or are you going to focus for the podcast? I'm a millennial. I can multitask. Ooh, I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another edition of On the Bubble. This is our college sports podcast. I am your co-host, Powell Latimer, of the Greensboro News and Record. Alongside me is... Is it other co-host, Brooke Pryor? Is it weird for you to say co-host after you got to be just like the host for three episodes? I know, right? Are you getting drunk on the power? I am very drunk on power. I'm slurring on power. Um, And lack of sleep, but (laughs) one and the same. So if you guys listen at all, we were doing some podcasts during the ACC tournament while Brooke was... Finished up with the MEAC stuff, and I talked with uh, David Teal and Brett Strelo and uh, Jeff Mills of the News and Record. Mm-hmm. Um, t- a lot of dudes. A lot, a lot of people. A lot of people. Uh, a lot of them are really good. They're all on SoundCloud and iTunes, so if you get done with this one and want to listen back, that one's there. I, suppose, uh, I really like Jeff talking about uh, the ACC tournament in D.C. versus Greensboro. Yeah. It I was, highly recommend. Thank you. Yeah, it was cool. He he did a good job of kind of – we just kind of made, let him kind of roam the city for a while. I'm really jealous of that. Like, I wish the, the Herald Sun had let me – had given me that assignment. Like, hey, yeah. yeah, you should definitely go look at the Smithsonian and <laughs> go up the Washington Monument if they'll let you. So the ACC tournament and all of the other uh, conference tournaments are done. Now it is March 14th. We are. Happy like, Pie Day. Happy Pie Day. Also uh, National Nap Day. I really should have given you pie. I should have brought have. pie. I'm a I bad I took a nap earlier, partner. so I have celebrated one of the two holidays. Well, we'll go out for pie after this. How about okay. that? Celebratory pie. <laughs> um, it is March Madness, and the NCAA tournament brackets are out. You guys are all mm-hmm. obsessed about it, uh, just probably like we are. If you're listening to this mm-hmm. podcast, you definitely are excited you about have the to tournament. Be. Um, but first, we're going to talk about that, but give us just a minute here. Brooke, you have recently finished up the season for NC Central. I have. You've also finished your tenure at the Herald Sun. and are, I also have. Why don't, why don't you do two things? First, where are you moving on to and what are you going to be doing? And second, we can we can briefly kind of wrap up the season for Lavelle, Moton, and Central. Okay. So you where, know, where are you going? You're done well, with, you're done with all, the Herald Sun. You know how in journalism school when they say when you ask a question, you shouldn't do a multi-parter because whoever you're asking is going to forget after they finish the first part? I'll ask it again. Okay, good. Uh, number one, I am going to the North State Journal. We are a new newspaper, as in never previously before published this year. Um, I've heard that print is dying. We are resurrecting it for the state of North Carolina, kind of like a USA Today for the state. And I am a on the colleges beat, kind of a general assignment state colleges reporter um, with mixed in whatever I kind of pick and choose. So I'm really excited about it. And I will be following UNC the NCAA tournament starting Wednesday. It is likely that you will be following UNC longer than I will, in fact. Perhaps. Um, but, perhaps, uh, perhaps. And then I can do some solo shows. We'll yeah. Do, we'll, we'll trade we'll, off. I'll give you the mic when you, when you go to Philly It's a lot Philly of responsibility. Houston, UNC makes it that far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you better not lose that mic. I bought that with my own money. Tax um, refunds are coming. This is a God. nice mic. Um, so so you're, 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 you're moving on to, I guess, the greener pastures of print journalism. Whoever thought that would be a thing. <laughs> that doesn't seem like a logical <laughs> sentence at um, all. But first of all, congratulations. I know I've told you, you privately but and publicly, but on this podcast again. Congrats to you. Thanks. Way to make big moves. You, that slap you heard was a fist bump. It was a fist bump. Um, so what's let's before we move on, what's wrong with what happened to Central? What, what's what's the state of their program? They they flamed out in the no, that's, that's, shambles. Well, that's a little rough. Um, I wouldn't say it's shambles. I would say they were never able to bring it all together. There was never any kind of leadership. 
And that starts, as Lavelle Moton said in the uh, post game afterwards, it started with him. And they were just never able to rectify the fact that uh, everyone had different leadership styles and there wasn't that signature vocal leader. Um, they too had many, too many cooks in the kitchen. Too many cooks in the kitchen. As far too many cooks, not sous chefs. I don't. I can't really get into my all chef analogy. Too many people want to ch- chop the vegetables. Not enough people wanted to go like grill the meat. Okay. You know, does that make sense? I, in this analogy, what is the grilling meat of basketball? That's like the most. <laughs> that's, that's like the the Marcus Page of a team. Marcus Page is grilling the steak. And, oh, okay. Like, yeah. like at a cookout, Marcus Page like I got the grill. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. Everyone was like, I got a special seasoning. Let me know, like, exactly. I, know, I know the blender spices to make this work. Y'all handle the, you know, whatever, the side dishes. I got the meat. Exactly, okay. exactly. Okay. There was never, there was ne- there was never a head chef. Got um, it. So that's, that's kind of an issue. Um, there were a lot of attitude problems. I think they had, they definitely had two guys that left the team in the middle of the season were either kicked off or left of their own accord, a bunch of season-ending injuries. So it was just, I mean, train wreck's kind of a strong word, but they were never able to get going. So it wasn't that the train wrecked, it's just that they never could get out of the station. How about a wounded duck? It was. never quite get off the ground. Okay. It was. So, should we feel good? Is there any sign of hope for Central's future? Because at this point, like, you just kind of got to look to the future, right? Yeah. Oh, exactly. Um, Pat Cole's coming back for his senior season. He's back. Uh, Kyle Benton is a really good post player. I really enjoyed watching him play. Um, toward the end of the season, he really kind of, it all came together. Mm -hmm. I think he's a really good representative of NC Central's program and what they need to be as a team moving forward. Um, C.J. Wiggins, their freshman point guard, moved into the starting role midway through the season. He's really great. He's really fast. He's He brings the kind of energy to the team like Theo Pinson brings to UNC. Uh, he's hype. He's, he's hype. He is okay. so fast. It's so fun to watch. So I think there's plenty of reason to be hopeful for the future. Okay. All right. So Central, you can be you can be sad about this season, but be but be happy Go for to the bed. future. Um, but done. now, now that you're at the North State Journal and doing statewide things, let's talk about the statewide State? holiday that is the NCAA tournament. When we're all going to take a month year. off, <laughs> everybody. Everyone gets a month off, right? <laughs> Except us. North Carolina got a number one seed. Everyone's yelling about that. That's the toughest bracket or the toughest region you're in the not East. Wrong. Whatever. I mean, yeah, fine. Whatever. I Dukes, mean, Dukes yeah. of four, arguably overseeded, I guess, over in the West. Um, State is a sadness somewhere far away. Um, <sighs> And uh, so, what's the what's what? What do you think? As we look at UNC, they got a one mm-hmm. seed. You want you covered the NCAA, the ACC, the, <laughs> I the ACC will be at the NCAA. You're at the ACC tournament. You watched them play three of the best games they played all year. Yeah, I think um, I came in at just the right time. You did. Uh, obviously, you're the boost that that team needed. That's what it was. You're welcome, Roy Williams. So, what do you? Having seen that and having seen North Carolina a few times this year, what do you think the – is this a Final Four team? Is this a team that has to really be worried about upsets even mm-hmm. you know, in a tough bracket? Is this a team that can gut it out in that through that tough bracket? What are we What are we looking at here? I think if they play the way that they played through the ACC tournament and specifically like second half against, uh, against Pittsburgh, I think second half against Pittsburgh, Notre Dame, mm-hmm. the whole game, and then Virginia, yeah, I think they're a Final Four team. Um, you know, when they couldn't get off their feet against Pittsburgh, they dug down and won. And I think that to me was the turning point in this team. Having, I was having flashbacks to when they played Pittsburgh a couple of years ago in the first round and were upset and had an early exit. That was what, like in the 12, 13? <laughs> yeah, somewhere okay. in there. And the fact that this team was able to go in the locker room, say, Hey guys, we're not going to let this happen and went on that, you know, just came back in the second half and figured it out. That, to me, is a sign that this team is tough. <laughs> I don't know that we want to start questioning toughness, but I think they've got it, and I think they're deep. 
Um, the emergence of Joel Berry is huge for this team mm-hmm. as far as having a, like a point guard. I mean, Roy Williams teams are always centered around the point guard. And we, I think we all thought maybe that was going to be Marcus Page. And he's still very much an important part of this team. But Joel Berry is now becoming that like, oh, huh. He's a key player. He's a mm-hmm. he's a playmaker. When, when yeah, Joel Berry is actually terrifying. When you and not just because I mean, a he's hitting a lot of big shots for mm-hmm. them. He's really good. He's he's a traditional Roy Williams point guard, and he's a strong guy who can get into the lane and finish. Yeah, Marcus Page is more of a rangy, a kind of uh, a, a crafty yeah. shooter who can like make nice tuck patches. That's not Joel Berry. Joel Berry is straight line at the basket. That's a good point. I think we had forgotten that. Joel Berry is more of the traditional, like, archetype. Like, this is what Roy Williams looks for in yeah. a point guard. And he was kind of adjusting to Marcus Page's style of play, which was great for UNC when it worked well. Mm-hmm. But that I think that's been the missing piece that they've needed all season. So the thing with Joel Berry is he's got crazy eyes. More than any basketball player I've ever seen. Because he... I just want to give him visine sometimes. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, like, like, I think his contacts really irritate his eyes. So he's always, like, yeah. his eyes are always kind of, like, red and, and blotchy. And he's always... Very, he's got bug eyes, so he's very wide-eyed and like staring at you when mm-hmm. you're when you're asking him a question. And he makes he's one of those. There's some players do this, and some players don't. Mm-hmm. But there's a, there are some players who are notorious for you ask a question and they look right into your eye and soul as they answer it, as if trying to like yeah, come back with it. it yeah, it's kind of a. It's a little disconcerting. It is. It's a little disconcerting, and it's not. It's he's not mean and all with no. it. But you can tell it's like this guy is a really intense dude. I mean, it's eye contact. I appreciate eye contact. And that flex after the Duke game in the locker room there when he just like, I thought his eyes were going to pop out of his head when he was doing that. <laughs> um, and yeah. Glad I, they stayed in. He's really, I, as far as UNC goes, if you want to talk about toughness, I would point to that Virginia game and Justin Jackson. Mm-hmm. For the first 10 minutes of that game, he got owned. That's a, totally cool, that's a great example. By Devin Hall, just picked his pocket twice mm-hmm. and made, and Justin Jackson basically had to sit for a portion of the first yeah, half. Yeah, I mean, he looked lost. He, he was totally lost. Came back in the second half and what did he, what did he do? Virginia made a errant pass. I think it was mm-hmm. Devin Hall that made the errant pass, yeah. in fact. And Justin Jackson picked it up, went down and got it done. Yes. Got a few easy layups that half and was able to play both good defense. He really keyed their run to come he back did. and, and lead did. that game. And that was, I think you're right, that's like a microcosm of I UNC's toughness. And I don't think that Justin Jackson last year or even earlier this year, would have, he would have said, oh, I'm wilting. And yeah. Matt, I think that, that little scrum he got into at Notre Dame, there were so many like very interesting moments in the ACC tournament for mm-hmm. UNC. Um, and Roy started making 2009 comparisons again. Um, I don't know. He loves doing that, invoking the t- the name of the 2019. So yeah, do you do you think this is a team that uh, that that we, are, are, would you pencil this team in for the Final Four? Or, or, or I mean, yesterday I was searching for hotels in Houston, so so you feel good about it. I feel I well, I feel good about it. I feel like I feel good enough that it warrants you know telling my parents. Hopefully, I'll come see you to get the dog in April. <laughs> um, that's, that's about how I feel right about that right now. Sorry, Maddie, that you are not with me and you are being dog sitted sat. We miss we miss you, Maddie. We do. Um, but yeah, no, I think that bracket's so tough though. That is a really tough bracket looking at it. But there's any number. I mean, you look at it and they could potentially have a Sweet 16 matchup with either Indiana or Kentucky. But also looking at that, that's something that could be worked out even in the first. There, Kentucky and Indiana's in one of the five twelve. Uh, games, which traditionally there's always one of those upsets. So it's a coin flip. That chat team's pretty good. And Indiana's got a, has had kind of a penchant for, uh, laying an egg at times, or just mm-hmm. inconsistency this year. They played, been playing really well lately. Yeah. And Tom Green deserves the accolades he's got. But that is a team that lost to Wake Forest earlier this year. Yeah. So there's that. There's also 
Kentucky Stony Brook, as I tweeted yesterday that, you know, it could be an Indiana Kentucky matchup and someone said, what about, what about, uh, Stony Brook? So don't count the Seawolves out. I know that, uh, friend of the podcast and friend of both of ours, Aaron Tab, uh, is up in New York is very mm-hmm. excited. He's mentioned he's very excited about Stony Brook versus Kentucky. Um, as he should be. So yeah, yeah, I mean, you never really know what's going to happen, but I, I do think that if UNC got to the Sweet 16 and got knocked out by Indiana mm-hmm. or Kentucky, if those teams were hot, I don't think anyone would be like totally shocked. No, I think it'd be sad. They'd be, UNC fans would be sad, but not shocked. Yeah, is that fair? I think I think that's plenty fair. It's also interesting looking at this bracket. That I mean, depending on he, how things shake out, they could meet Notre Dame or Pitt in the Elite Eight down here. They could, and it's kind of like okay, well, UNC and those who have it's beaten recently. I think if there's a path for UNC to the the final four, and there is, I think yeah. I think it's playing a really tough Sweet Sixteen game, mm-hmm. and then just. Stomping the fire out of whoever they meet in the elite. I think. I think. I think yeah. I think like, the like, sweet sixteen is definitely the hurdle here because they're playing either Florida Gulf Coast or Fairleigh Dickinson in the first round. Don't That's sleep true. on Dunk City, baby. No, I. I. Not gonna lie, I would be a little thrilled to see Dunk City in Raleigh. That's. It, yeah, I'm already composing awesome. an Instagram post with a vine of a dunk. <laughs> like I'm. I'm working on it. Um. And then they've got either South Carolina. Is that? Is that South Carolina or is that That's Southern, Southern Cal? Cal. Whew, That's tough. Uh. Southern Cal or Providence. Chris Dunn is a really good player. Yeah. But Providence has been really inconsistent, so is USC. I, I, I just don't think any of those teams have enough weapons to really challenge UNC. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I think, I think that, that I, it's sort of like 2009 where I think, um, or not 2009, 2005 when the really tough game for UNC was, um, or even, I guess 2009 is too. The tough t- game for UNC was early, that LSU mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Uh, when, uh, when Ty Lawson had like turf toe and came back and, it was uh-huh. a really good LSU team, and Ty Lawson came back and won it for him um, that game. And that was, like, the toughest game they had all tournament. I mean, the, even the Oklahoma game wasn't yeah. that close. Um, so I think that the, the early challenges are, are, are harder for UNC mm-hmm. than, you know, if, if you look at Notre Dame, UNC's already beat them and, and really kind of had their number in that game and, and just kind of stomped them in that yeah. in the tournament. And then Xavier, um, who I really just don't think has the we- – I mean, they're a yeah. really good team, but I don't think they have the, they have the weapons to no, match up. Yeah. UNC. Sort of like how that, um, uh, I'm trying to think of what the, I'm, I'm trying to remember what match, like that Wisconsin team that UNC played in 05. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, man, these guys are going to slow it down. It's going to be really hard. And then UNC just whack. I mean, they beat him by like 16 or something yeah. like that. Um, yeah. I remember that game. So what do you think? What do you think about Duke? You saw them, I know you saw them lose, fall apart against Notre Dame in that tournament, um, in did, the ACC tournament. Did get they get the a really tough draw that. with UNC dub? I'm, I mean, I was talking to uh, sports editor Steve Wiseman today at the uh, Herald Sun about that game, and UNC Wilmington, as he, I believe, tweeted last night, UNC Wilmington has, I think, the worst free throw percentage defense in the country, so they like to put, yeah. yeah. And so that's really interesting because they, that's They play Duke's, really aggressive, like, they play really aggressive pressing man-to-man D, and that yeah. puts a lot of people in the foul line. Yeah, and that's what, that's how, that's Duke's bread and butter is three-pointers yeah. and, and free throws, but as Steve noted... While maybe that does favor Duke, the pressing could wear Duke down, and they don't have the depth to fight through a press for 40 minutes. I think that's fair. I'd also point out that UNC Dub doesn't have any size at all. Um, but they do have a ton of like 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", guys mm-hmm. that all rebound pretty well. And they, they tend to really – they can really get after you and spread the floor. Now, the reason that's important is because – Guess what Brandon Ingram has really struggled with this year is going against smaller defenders. Hmm. Malcolm Brogdon, obviously a great defender, yeah. but much smaller than Ingram. Shut him down. 
Justin Jackson did a really good job against Ingram when he yeah. was matched up with him earlier in the second game. Um, and a couple other, I think uh, a couple other smaller guys have done a really. Oh, uh, Caleb and Cody Martin in the tournament right. did a really good job on Ingram. And so did and Notre Dame has no size, and they did a good job on him mm-hmm. too. Uh, I think smaller guys that can get in, get hands in because he's got really long arms and his handle was away from his body. He yeah. drove really far away from his body. Um, and when he's in traffic, I think that smaller guys can really kind of bother him a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an advantage that UNC Dub can take advantage of. Absolutely. Um, now, whether they, I don't think they'd be Duke, but no, but it'll be an entertaining game. Even if Duke does win, that Baylor team is good. What is, I mean, I mean, there could also be a Yale upset. There could be. And what that that wouldn't surprise me either. That's one of those five twelve well, games. All right. Well, how about this? Let, let's. I, I think I don't. Is it fair to say like Duke's ceiling is you know either Baylor or Oregon? I don't know that they can win four games in two weeks. Yeah. No, I don't see them. They're, in my opinion, they will not get past the Sweet 16. Okay. I think their ceiling is Sweet 16. Okay. And I think Duke fans should be happy if that's... Or not happy, but content and not... Content. Not wanting to burn things When's down. When's the last time that Duke fans were content? Never. That's, well, that, the national championship last year. They strive that's... for excellence. You know? yeah. Well, no, they weren't even content because it was like, oh, God, Tyus Jones is going to leave. No, oh, yeah, you're somewhere. right. They were content they for had, about they had, five had, seconds yeah. afterwards. We we just won, but now we're going to lose about, all the talent. Twelve hours. Um, but Grayson Allen, though, player of the future. So yeah. So okay. So with that in, with that in tow, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about Cat Barber in a minute. But first, let's do this. Kitty cat. What you we've got the bracket pulled up here at the uh, Durham Studios of, on the Bubble Podcast, mm-hmm. also known as Brooks Apartment. <laughs> um, what are your picks for? Cinderella's. Who you, you you mentioned that like Yale could I be love a good upset. Cinderella team. You love a good Cinderella team. They are my favorite. Let's see. I'm I'm going to be honest. I haven't had a lot of time to look at the bracket with uh, being in transit frequently. I like Gonzaga. Can't be a Cinderella. They're too traditional. Um. I. What if you and see Asheville upset Villanova? Is that a one? No, that's a two seed, right? That's a two fifteen. That UNC Asheville team's good. They that's are really, really good. good. You know, friend of the podcast. Don't know if he's listening, but uh, you're such a state homer, also. <laughs> well, you know, North State Journal. Go, <laughs> go, North Carolina. <laughs> such a North Carolina. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Uh, but he's a uh, he's the band director, I believe, of the pet band at UNC Asheville, and he has been flooding my Facebook feed with pro UNC Asheville stuff. So maybe I, that's how I'm viewing that through. Uh, but I think that would be a fun one to watch. Looking at, let's see, VCU. I mean, they're a ten seed. Can they? I don't know if they're Cinderella. I think I think they're Cinderella without Shaka Smart there. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I mean, they still like to play havoc. And Oregon State's are not a great seven seed either. They no. only got their nineteen and twelve. You know, whatever. I, I think I think that's fair. It's hard for me to say eight nine and ten seven is is yeah, a real Cinderella. I know. Unless the 10 beats the 2. So you get like a Green Bay. But so what, VCU's going to beat Oregon State and then beat Buddy Heald and, and Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma? That would qualify. That Like put the glass slipper on VCU if they could do that. If they could okay. beat Oklahoma. Okay. Um, what about that Texas-Northern Iowa game? That 6-11 matchup? Yeah. Wes seen, Washburn is a damn good guard. He's really good. I've seen a lot of uh, brackets projecting that Northern Iowa upset, which I'm, I'm kind of torn on because I want to see Shaka do well. With Texas this year in the tournament, um, and it, doesn't it set up for a Texas Texas A and M? It does. The second the second round the round of thirty two is Texas 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 A and M. I here. think that I think that could be fun. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it could be. I, I, I have zero faith in A&M just because they play in the SEC. And I'm mm-hmm. if it's not Kentucky out of the SEC, I'm just like, eh, whatever. Or Florida, I'm like, eh, yeah. whatever. I think Yale could be a Cinderella if they beat Baylor. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. I, I would also point you toward our old friend, uh, your old friend Buffalo. I was looking at them and I was kind of torn because I knew you were going to call me a homer again because I was going to pick him because of Julius Hodge. Yeah, Jules. I, yeah. Like, that, that team has played some really good games. I, I watched uh, one of their tournament games, they, their conference tournament games. They looked really good. And Miami, we all know that Miami has a penchant for letting Angel Rodriguez freelance them right out of a game, mm-hmm. as he did in the ACC tournament against <laughs> Virginia. Um <laughs> So yeah, I, I think that's that's. Are there any fourteen? Are there any seeds that we haven't named that could be a Cinderella teams? I think we've covered nearly every thirteen. Well, we didn't say Iona. I, mean, I have heard I, I've heard I, arguments I for that. I, people have talked about that. I don't know. I don't, it's hard. I don't know. To... I'm gravitating towards all the Cinderellas on the left side of the bracket and the south and the west. Yeah, you like you like all this. You like mayhem on that side of the bracket. I do. I like mayhem on that side. I want chalk on. No, I don't. I never want chalk. Um, you know what? I'm excited to watch the Virginia Hampton game. A Commonwealth rivalry is born. A bit. Uh, pretty sure it was already there, but was it? Yeah, isn't Hampton out of the MIAC? Yeah, that's. Okay. I mean, that's another reason Hampton is a fun team to watch. And that's who Lavelle Moton called at the beginning of the season. He was like, Hampton should be the number one team. They've got all their guys back. Can they score? Yeah. Look out, Virginia. What if? What if? What if this was the year of a one sixteen seed upset? Oh my God, Virginia fans would be. I mean, looking I at this know, bracket, if it's gonna happen anywhere, it's gonna happen right here in the Midwest. I, yeah, I don't. I mean, I guess. I mean, Holy Cross is okay. Not they're not. They're not even. No, they just won their conference tournament. Yeah, you can't stop good. that argument. They're not good. Um, Austin P is okay, I think, but they're going against Kansas. Mm-hmm. FG Florida Gulf Coast is okay, but that's like you know, it's. I'm telling you, if if it's gonna happen anywhere, it's gonna be right here. Okay, all right. So, so all right, who, all right, who you got in the final four? Then final four Make your picks right now: UNC, Michigan State, uh, Oklahoma, Kansas. Okay, what? Who wins the national title out of that four? I think it's gonna be Kansas. You think Kansas beats UNC in the final? No, I'm looking. I'm, I'm naming my two people who are playing first. Okay. It's going to be Kansas. Gosh, I'm torn between Michigan State and UNC. You want to know what the deciding factor is in that game? Tell me. Tom Izzo? Royal Williams owns Tom Izzo. Eats his lunch money, steals his lunch money every time they play. What if this is the time that Tom Izzo fights back, though? I don't Denzel know. Denzel Valentine. I mean, that would be a fun game to watch. He's very, he's very good. He's certainly very good. I think, okay, for sake of... For for sake of flames and like keyboard melting takes, yeah. I want I want a Kansas UNC you, final. You want Roy versus oh, Roy versus saw, Kansas in the final. And when I saw they were set up on opposite sides of the bracket, I said, "Finally, we can have a game of this magnitude when it matters the most." I mean, they played before. They played yeah, that, the Elite Eight that year without. Yeah, uh, but again, I want I want that to me is like the most. It's you know the one that's talked about the most, and the two, I want that to happen in the final, and not just be like the prelude. To the you final. want you want Dean's two kids to be playing Kansas and Roy to be playing in the final. Absolutely. Oh my god. Yeah, you're right. That would be like that'd be a lot of face melting, keyboard melting, hot takes coming out of that. I'm gonna just go ahead and put some in my uh, drafts so I can pull them up later. Yeah, you may just yeah definitely put some drafts. Can we do a Mad Libs of the hot takes? Yes. I think that would be really fun. We'll do that. We'll do that during the uh, if, if if yeah we'll do that for the final four if that happens. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I think those are strong picks. I think Oregon's are really weak. 
I mean, is it just me or I haven't heard about Oregon all season? They they beat the pants off of the everyone in the Pac-12 tournament, but the Pac-12 is a hot pile of garbage. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, they're just not a good. Con- it's not a great. Conference How high this year. was Oregon ranked in the regular season? I don't. Honestly, I don't. Like, remember. I'm I'm East Coast bias here, but like, I just I don't know. Ken Palm did not like them very much at all. Let's see, Ken um, Palm, where's they're they're all they're all all the way down at nine in Ken Palm's rankings. Yeah, that's I mean, Kentucky's just... a four, and they're higher than that. That's crazy. Yeah, and so, I mean, it's fine. I I, I think that Michigan State and you know I, I think the four one seeds are okay. I think Michigan State had a better, much better case to be a one seed mm-hmm. than Oregon did. I mean, the, the Big Ten isn't great, but it's I think it's par with the Pac twelve. I would agree. And yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I I agree with you that I think it will be Kansas over North Carolina beating North Carolina in the national championship game. Oh, and I then, didn't say who I thought was going to win, but I that, sure. that's that's my I think Kansas I think Kansas and UNC play in the title and Kansas wins, and then Bill Self finally gets the vindication of of uh, of beating Roy yeah. in the title. I hate to say, it, but like I agree with you, and it's gonna like I I hate Wayne to Selden's say good, yeah. I hate to say it because I just will not be looking forward to the hot takes afterwards. Like, I love all of them leading up to it. And yeah. then after that game ends and we just have the, you know, should Roy Williams ever have left Kansas? Cause look at where he is now. He's being owned by Bill Self. Like, I just don't want that. You want to know, you know what we haven't heard in weeks and weeks? I don't know. Do I want to hear it now? Roy Williams can't coach. Don't, oh, don't use your timeouts in time. Fire Roy. He can't coach that team anymore. Come on. We gotta get rid of Roy. Can't take him with you. We gotta get that shot, smart kid. We missed our shot, man. <laughs> oh my goodness! That's my favorite argument. It's that, but we haven't heard any of that. Since, no. Basically, like since the they, UNC beat Miami, haven't heard any of that. Nope. You're right. I th- the last I remember hearing of it was after the Duke game, and fun fact. Kind of it, it it's funny out. how that works. Which, by the oh. way, I, I, I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna I'm actually gonna write about this this week. But Roy, Roy's Preview. made some really good adjustments, especially defensively, mm-hmm. in the how they defend. And how they defend certain actions and things that I'm really excited to write about, and I've been kind of I've, been I've, mulling it, been mulling it for a while, and uh, I mean, I'm pumped to write that story, but also like a legitimately really good adjustment. Like he's made some really good adjustments. Also, Joe Barry got a lot better. Isaiah Hicks got a lot better. Isaiah that, Hicks did get a lot better. That whole thing where like Roy doesn't develop players that much. I'm not hearing much about that anymore. <laughs> not to say that like those critiques are totally invalid, right? But it's funny how they go away and then resurface. The resurface next year when Joel Berry isn't the isn't like an all American right away. <laughs> when Joel Berry like kind of you know trips out of the gate and okay, how do you feel about the nickname uh, Joel Berry's? Like like Ty Stone. I favor I favored it when you tweeted it. You gave me a, I, you I hit you with a retweet as well, I believe, because yeah. I endorse it. Do you, you you good with that? I didn't I didn't know if that was diminutive or not. I oh yeah. But I don't. But you don't mean it in a diminutive way. What about what nothing. about Joel Berry's? Like B U R I E S. Like Joel Berry's the opponent. Oh eh, no, not as much. Because he's hit like every big shot for UNC this year, or or the, down the stretch. He's hit like a ton of big shots. I mean, will I steal that as a headline? Maybe, but I don't know that it's like a nickname that's going to stick. All right. Well, when it shows up on the North State Journal, you will get a cease and desist letter from me. <laughs> okay. You guys right. going to engage us in some litigation and some lawsuits. Tank, tank the North State Journal. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. We're going to. That's gonna, how Prince going to die. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to sue each other into oblivion. <laughs> um, so, okay. Last thing before we let you guys go. Should Cat Barber go pro? What do you think? I think so. 
You think so? I don't know. What... I don't think he's projected as a high first round or even maybe a first round at all pick. Oh. But how... After what he's done this year, what more can he do next year to improve his stock? That's you know? a great question. That's the thing is I feel like he – not that he's reached his ceiling, but I feel like he's reached his collegiate ceiling. What more do scouts need to see? Yeah, I, I, I would say it's not about a ceiling. It's about right. what more can he show scouts? And he's shown them, I'm really fast. I'm really mm-hmm. durable. I can hit shots. The only thing that I would point to with Cat maybe is he could come back and shoot 42 43% from three. Yeah, but other but than like, that... like, even that, he's a fine three-point shooter now. He's not great, but he's yeah, not bad. I think the only thing that's going to determine his uh, professional career viability is him actually leaving. I mean, go test out the waters, for sure. Like, I don't think that's even Oh, yeah, he's going to go to the combine, for sure. Go to the combine, go work out, go do your thing, get some feedback. And then from there, I mean, I hope someone has an honest conversation with him. Like, hey, look, you're going to get more exposure, more meaningful professional exposure if you go the pro route. Than if you go back to college and you're, you know, yeah. playing against more ACC teams and an NC State team that, like, quite frankly, I mean, I don't know how good they're going to be when all the recruits come in next year, but really, good. really like, like national be, championship, gonna, really? No, good? they're gonna they're gonna be like Sweet Sixteen good. And I think that's good, but like for Cat, do you want to stick around for the promise of a Sweet Sixteen, or do you want to go make some money? I think if Cat comes back, they could be like, <laughs> what? There's a camp song called "The Cat Came Back the Very Next Day." <laughs> <laughs> Child of a preacher's kid when you always work, goes to camp. When you work at summer camp for four or five years, that just... You do have a pretty solid chocolate tan most of the time. I do. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that he's not... I, th- I think he should go. I think even if he doesn't get picked in, in the first mm-hmm. round, I think he should go. Just because, like, he's putting so many miles on on, on his tires mm-hmm. this year, and he's going to do that more next year. You're just, yeah. you're, why not go get paid for that? Why, even Absolutely. if it's in Italy for two years, go get paid in Italy or go get paid. Like, you're a professional basketball player at some yeah. level. Go get paid. Godfrey doesn't like that. Mark Godfrey thinks Cat should come back and play. Are you with Dennis Smith and uh, and uh, um, uh, what's the other guy? What's Torin Dorn and those other guys they have coming in. Yeah. And I think that's fine. Maybe. Like, they could be a really good team. But is it is it worth the X amount of dollars he's going to miss out? By exactly. What's pro? that an opportunity? Cost? I, what, what's this, I don't know what a second round, even a non guaranteed contract is. I mean, more than we make, so that's it's definitely more than we make. <laughs> so, so you can provide for someone occasionally on what we make. I provide for my dog. So our, our verdict is pay the man. Pay the man. Pay the man. Here's here's a question for you though. Okay. Uh, we didn't talk about this earlier, but I'll just throw it out there. Should Grayson Allen go pro? Yes, thousand percent. Yes. You think? Kay already knows that. What you, did you read anything into the exit hug at the ACC tournament, the prolonged hug? No, I, I think I think Kay was just thankful for all the. He gets emotional for guys. Yeah, like, like Kay is like every basketball coach. He gets really emotional because he. I think it's a legitimate reaction for these guys. Like they see anytime you see success or failure, you also you're, if you're a coach, you're in there and you see this guy's working really hard. It's like if I watched you write every story you've ever wrote, mm-hmm. wrote and watched you report everything, and then like you said, listen. I'm moving on. I would like feel really emotional knowing that like I was there with you when you wrote, you know, watching yeah, you put yeah. in that work, I would be emotional. Um, so you, if I was moving on, so you think that like Kay knows that he's gone? No, not just at the end, like at the end of a season. Okay. Like when you say like, okay, like Duke lost, I'm done with, I'm done with riding for this year. I'd be like, dude, you had a really good run. That was incredible. Yeah. I watched you do all that work. I think that's okay. more that. I think that's fair. I don't think Kay knows because I think Grayson needs to go to the combine. But I'll say that Grayson is a, is a very good outside shooter. Mm-hmm. He is. Uh, he's got good size for that position. He's six four, six five. 
um, which is not like ideal guard size, but it's good enough. Right. He can rebound pretty well for a guard. He can finish really well in the lane, and he's strong as hell, mm-hmm. and can get to the free throw line. I, I don't think that he can show anything more in college. The guy averaged, I mean, like Cat, the guy averaged 20 points a game in college. Like, yeah. What more do you want the guy to do? Exactly. And I get exactly. that his usage rate was, he played every minute, mm-hmm. and his usage rate was really high, but again, for him, the, the amount of damage he takes, he, he, I, he's his player comp, I think, is kind of a poor man's Dwayne Wade. Um, Ooh. like in college, right? And, and he's not—he's right. not quite as good as Dwayne Wade was. That's not what I'm saying. Right. But he's right, a guy right. who doesn't—he—he sh- he shoots better from the outside than Wade than mm-hmm. Wade did. But he just relentlessly attacks the rim, and he got—he gets so—he's always one ACL or one MCL or one yeah. elbow or one shoulder or one whatever ankle, foot, whatever yep. away from really damaging his stock. So go get paid. Yeah, I do, agree. Do as much as much as I hate the makeup of you know. GoPro, we're not going to have the senior class, that kind of thing. At this point, I mean, looking out for their livelihood and in these two situations, go. We, well, yeah, I think it all depends on you know what's do you will you be helped more by a national title run or like being having a better season, mm-hmm. or will you be helped more by going pro? And I think for a lot of the, especially guards, mm-hmm. we're really big men too, but it, guys that are in, like Allen and Cat in really high usage situations mm-hmm. where they're the central point, focal point of their team, mm-hmm. they should go pro because that's that's every time that you every time that you play like thirty thousand or eight thousand minutes mm-hmm. in a season or whatever it is, mm-hmm. that's eight thousand minutes you're not getting paid for. Right. That's all the practices and all the times you're putting torque torque on your knee, on your hip, on your elbow, on your wrist, on your ankle that you're not getting paid for. I, I think agree. you should go – if you're going to put that kind of stress on your body, especially the way those two guys play where they just are mm-hmm. all out all the time, mm-hmm. go pro. Go pro. If you were like a Brandon Ingram – like if Brandon Ingram didn't want to go pro right, and wanted to come back, I think it'd be more – I think his body would handle what he was – that better. Oh, yeah, and he, he would put on more Because he's weight. a smoother guy yeah. and he doesn't necessarily get banged – he doesn't play inside as much. He doesn't get banged as much. I think he's better suited. Like Marcus Page wasn't right. going to lose anything. Right. Because he's a still kind of a smoother guy, he's mm-hmm. not relentlessly attacking the basket. But it, like for example, if Joe Barry has a good year next year, go pro. Oh yeah, because it's going to be because he's driving the lane and getting fouled and getting hammered by six ten guys. Mm-hmm. Go pro. If I hit you every day for a year, you'd be like, screw this, I want to go pro. I want to at least Absolutely. get paid for it. Also, that'd be a really abusive relationship, and I hope <laughs> that you would like call the cops on me. Probably yes. I promise I will not. I promise I will not hit you. Thanks. Cool. Appreciate that. Otherwise, I mean, I will hit you with some fire tweets, though. <laughs> some hot take tweets. I told you I'm going to install that Google Chrome extension that doesn't that prevents my keyboard from melting. I want yeah. a flame retardant Chrome extension. You need uh, you need to let me see that when you get it. I'll let you know. That's Keep what it- I'm going to be in development with. Are you okay? And are you are you going to be in Houston or Raleigh this weekend? Well, I definitely will not be in Houston because sorry, no games are being Providence played there. Or Raleigh this I will be in Raleigh. Okay. So what, how about this? Why don't we do like a little maybe a little podcast later in the week? After the first round games, or even I think so. who knows, maybe even something after Saturday when when uh, when uh, the, the first two games are over. Yeah, if, right. if if we're not, yeah, I All think right. so. Yes, let's do it. All right, enjoy. Uh, I hope you enjoy the Bachelor. Thank you. Oh, I, I thank will. you for being able, being willing to talk. And we're gonna go sleep a little bit because yeah, we us, are. If you can tell, both of us sound really sleep deprived. I've had three plus caffeinated drinks today. Yeah, that's not good. No. So we're gonna rest. We hope you guys do the same thing. Enjoy the enjoy your brackets. <laughs>